the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. It was a busy day as far as roster moves around the NFL and for the San Francisco 49ers. Yesterday, we learned how their 53-man roster was going to look on cutdown day. And today, there was even more movement on the 53-man roster. All the while, the 49ers were building their practice squad. Uh, so lots of news. How Shanahan spoke to the media. John Lynch spoke to the media. Looking forward to getting into all this because it's going to be a lot of information to go through. And, and there were some things that happened that people are a little bit upset about. And I'm going to get into all that in this episode. Like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on 49ers Cutback on Believe, which is available on all audio platforms, give this a five-star rating. I really appreciate it. And thanks to all the new listeners that have been jumping on. You guys are truly the best. So, First off, the 49ers made a few roster moves. It was yesterday when cutdown happened that the report coming out was that the 49ers had released two veterans uh, that had more than a four, four accrued season so they could come back to the team. And that was defensive ends Austin Bryant and defensive end Kerry Hyder. So both of them were uh, released. Then now they're being brought back. And both of them signed one-year deals and are going to help bolster this defensive end room which, I mean, it made a lot of sense because the 49ers didn't have defensive ends at the position. They cut down, they kept five defensive tackles, but they didn't really have the edge depth. They had Robert Beal, they had Drake Jackson, they had Cleveland Farrell, but we knew that Kerry Hyder and Austin Bryant were going to come back. The 49ers made that happen. By them making that happen, they had to place two players on the injured reserve. Danny Gray, which is was expected, I know I've been talking about that for a while, that I believe Danny Gray was going to go on the IR and that the 49ers would be patient with his recovery and make sure he was fully healthy when he came back. And then Robert Beal Jr. And that was my prediction for a while now that Robert Beal was going to be on the active 53-man roster. They were going to put him on the IR, and that's exactly what happened. So Robert Beal Jr. and Danny Gray won't be available for the first four weeks of the season. After that, they can be brought back. Now, with Gray, everyone kind of knew what happened. It was the shoulder. He was dealing with the SC joint, uh, that injury that happened in the, the preseason matchup where he had the kick return. But when it came to Robert Beal Jr., most people have been asking what was going on with Robert Beal. He practiced for two or three days at training camp, and then next thing you know, when it comes to pads, he's just not available and able to get out there. Then shortly after uh, the, the closed practices, then Robert Beal returned to practice, and there was even reports that he had really good reps against Trent Williams. Well, John Lynch came out and said that what happened with Robert Beal Jr. was he re-injured his hamstring. So, however it, it happened, it doesn't matter now. Robert Beal Jr. is a part of the 49ers 53-man roster in 2023, and after four games, he can return to the roster. So, if they need roster depth at the end, they can bring him back. If they don't, they can just leave him on injured reserve because let's remember, the 49ers can only bring eight players off of injured reserve. Right now, there's two players on. That means you've got Danny Gray, 
And that means you've got a player like Robert Beal that can come off. And of course, they also have uh, Darrell Luter Jr. who started on Pup List, so they could elect to bring him back as well. I'm guessing they won't unless they suffer injuries at the cornerback room as well. So we're getting it all set up for what happens with the practice squad because the 49ers also said that Ray Ray McLeod has an outside chance for week one. So he's not going to go on the IR, it appears. When they say outside chance, my first thought is always when it comes to the 49ers organization, that's probably what they're, they would love. Uh, but the likelihood is it's going to be longer. So I think it'll be week two, week three. Uh, but if they think he's going to be back before week four, it makes sense to keep him on the active 53-man roster and then maybe elevate some other players to play the wide, rec wide receiver position in the game until Ray Ray comes back. So Ray Ray being close is kind of changing the way they approach this roster from maybe putting someone that's on their practice squad onto their active roster because Ray Ray's not going to go on the IR. 49ers also announced that they are still looking to add a kicker to their practice squad. So when we go through the practice squad, you're going to see out of the names that are on there, and there's 17 names, there's no kicker. So with there being no kicker, uh, they were at, uh, John Lynch was asked about Jake Moody, and he said, hey, Moody is trending in the right direction, but we're still going to look to add a kicker to our practice squad, and they're going to have workouts for kickers next week. The beginning of next week is when they're going to address this. I'm sure that's giving Moody time to see where he's at and see if he'll be capable of kicking in that game against Pittsburgh. The likelihood is still, though, they'll probably sign a kicker to the practice squad and have him available just in case they get into some situation in the game and Moody can't kick, you have that guy available. So we'll see who it ends up being. They've already worked out a couple kickers uh, beforehand, including Tristan Vizcaino. So we'll see who they end up getting there. But early next week, we'll have a better idea. Uh, contrary to a Reddit report, that's right, Reddit took the world by storm. Somebody claiming to have broke the Christian McCaffrey trade uh, to the 49ers three weeks before it ever even happened put out there that Nick Bosa was going to be traded in a blockbuster trade to an AFC team. And when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were asked about this, it was as simple as both saying no. Uh, so it's it, it's not really shocking, right? But apparently... Uh, Nick Bosa's not on the trade block, and that doesn't really surprise me at all. 49ers are still working to conclusion. John Lynch said they're just in conversations and talks with Nick Bosa. So Nick Bosa, he stays on the exempt list right now. We'll see what happens. And once Nick Bosa is available, the 49ers will in turn have to uh, make a roster move to free up space. So the day got off to an interesting start for practice squad reasons. So the 49ers made some interesting waves uh, yesterday and cuts, and they waved a few players that people were very high on. And the 49ers did lose some players to waiver claims. The 49ers lost to Sean Jamison, the cornerback. He went to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and then they lost offensive lineman Il Manning and Keith Ishmael, who were both claimed by the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals were busy getting after 49ers players because actually they put a claim in on Quantrez Knight as well, but they had another player they put a priority on. So Quantrez Knight ends up getting through waivers, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But they almost walked away with Ill Manning, Keith Ishmael, and 49ers, uh, you know, preseason star Quantrez Knight. 
So there's a lot of interest from Arizona in what the 49ers are doing, and they take two of the 49ers' offensive line talent, and Carolina takes Deshaun Jameson, which definitely made a lot of people upset. A couple other names that you, you should know, Joey Fisher, uh, who the 49ers were very high on coming out of Shepard College, he is now on the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad. Marcelino McCurry Ball, he signed with the Jets practice squad. So some of these players elected to not come back to the 49ers practice squad and to sign elsewhere. Was that their own choosing? Was that the 49ers uh, deciding to go a different direction? Don't know that yet. I think in some cases it could be that they look how talented this 49ers roster is and they look for opportunities elsewhere where maybe it looks like an easier path to be able to get onto an active 53-man roster. So when you're available, team show interest, you gauge which situation's best for you, and then you make the appropriate decisions, and a few guys have done that. Another name that's going to be noticeably missing from this practice squad that we're about to go over is Jason Poe. Jason Poe did not resign with the 49ers practice squad, and as of time of this recording, I have not heard of him signing with anyone. So Poe still out there. Uh, which would surprise a lot of people. He was kind of the the fan favorite last year after preseason, and now he appears to not even be a part of the 49ers organization. I found that to be interesting. So uh, let's get into the 49ers uh, 16-man or 17-man because of the roster exemption practice squad because of Alfredo Gutierrez. And we're going to go, we'll just go down the list. Uh, We'll start out with Alex Barrett. Uh, defensive lineman Alex Barrett has been with the 49ers for the last three seasons on their practice squad. Played pretty well during the preseason. I didn't feel like it was good enough play to be able to make the 53-man roster. But the 49ers know they can count on him. And with versatility to be able to play at defensive tackle and defensive end, he's a nice practice squad candidate. So Alex Barrett is coming back to the 49ers on their practice squad. And I'm sure... Uh, that you know he's going to be there and help the young guys continue to de- in their development. The 49ers have a piece they know they can count on, understands the system, and understands the culture in San Francisco. Fullback Jack Coletto, and this one was surprising, and I think it surprised a lot of people because Jack Coletto, coming out of Oregon State, was highly sought after uh, undrafted free agent. The Broncos wanted him. Other teams wanted him. Sean Payton pretty much said that Coletto, he saw as this Taysom Hill kind of player. So it was, a, in my opinion, a pretty good chance he was going to get picked up, but he didn't. He was able to sneak by. The 49ers have signed him to the practice squad. So now the 49ers have a legitimate fullback backup. They haven't had this in a couple of years. They used to have you know, a fullback backup available on the practice squad, and then when they didn't, they were using other tight ends and such. And with the 49ers having four tight ends, that would make a lot of sense if an injury happens in a game to Kyle Juszczyk. But now they have Jack Coletto. They could elevate him if something happened to Juice and still have a fullback, all the while continuing to develop him and see what he could become. You're going to have a roster decision to make on Kyle Juszczyk next year where his number really starts jumping up financially. It's already a hefty amount, but it goes up, you know, is Jack Coletto going to put himself in competition with Kyle Juszczyk? I don't know, but this is a good opportunity for the 49ers to see what they have in a young player and for him to continue to develop in this offense. So Coletto being a part of the practice squad was a huge uh, get for the 49ers, excited about him. 49ers wide receiver that they kept right here, a veteran wide receiver in Chris Conley. And this was a big one. Conley, 
I think with injuries and everything else, uh, is, it could be elevated to the active roster. We'll see. I think a lot of it is predetermined by who the kicker is going to be. If Jake Moody's there, you could elevate two other players. But with injuries, a wide receiver, Danny Gray going to uh, the practice squad. I'm sorry, Danny Gray going to the IR. The 49ers have four active wide receivers on their roster right now uh, because I don't think Ray Ray McLeod is healthy. So you have five, but I'm talking healthy wide receivers. Uh, with one of them being Ronnie Bell, the expectation is either uh, a guy like Chris Conley or another veteran would step up and be able to play wide receiver in the game. So Conley could be up against Pittsburgh. We'll see, depending on how his shoulder is. I know he's day-to-day, but having a guy that's over six foot three that can run you know, really fast, he probably runs a 4-4 now at this point in his career, but also showed the ability to get vertical and make catches, but is a good blocker, huge get for the 49ers. Defensive tackle Marlon Davidson, and he was playing really well during the preseason. I felt he even outplayed Kevin Givens during the preseason. But like I said, I can't say that this one preseason was going to weigh more heavy as far as the way Chris Kacarek was going to look at players compared to what Kevin Givens has done over the last several years. Uh, you can't just you know throw it out, what he's done, what we've seen on actual game film for what Marlon Davis did, Davison did during preseason training camp. But uh, this was nice because now you have a very solid rotation of defensive tackles. Not only do you have the five guys you already have, which is really good. Armstead, Hargrave, Kinlaw, Givens, uh, and Kalia Davis, the young guy. But now you have Marlon Davidson, who's not old, only in his third seat, only three seasons in the league, uh, but has a lot of potential. So Marlon Davidson, a great get for the 49ers. And if they suffer some sort of an injury, he could step in and fill in. Uh, tight end Troy Fumagalli. So Fumagalli played really, really well. We had talked about Ross Dwelly or Fumagalli ending up on the practice squad. Fumagalli is the guy that ends up on the practice squad. The 49ers have a well-rounded tight end. He spent time on 49ers practice squad last season as well. So Fumagalli is going to be a guy that's going to help in practice, and we'll see. Now the exemption for the 49ers offensive lineman, Alfredo Gutierrez. They love having him around the organization, and he's going to be around the organization again. Another year working out with the 49ers, and because of the exemption He's going to be a 17th player. So the Warriors are able to have 17 guys on their practice squad. This one, a little bit more surprising. Uh, running back Brian Hill. I think the 49ers would have preferred to have Jeremy McNichols as a part of their practice squad. But with McNichols hurting his hamstring, they went ahead and released him yesterday. And now they signed Brian Hill. So at some point, could we see some movement? Once McNichols is healthy, Brian Hill move on. And then go to McNichols, yes. I think with the 49ers having four running backs on the active roster, they don't actually have to have a running back on the practice squad. Uh, but I think they'd like to. And so we'll see if this thing ends up changing. It could be a revolving door. Running back and linebacker a lot of times end up being a revolving door for the 49ers at practice squad. But we'll see what happens with Brian Hill. And is it could be as simple as when the 49ers decide to, uh, to sign a kicker. He could be one of the guys that's on his way out. And, and we'll see what happens there uh, with that position because running back, not a high priority in other years it has been for the 49ers. Cornerback Quantrez Knight, and we talked about him earlier. 49ers were able to get him back to the practice squad, but apparently he was one of the most sought-after guys available on the open market. So 
Arizona put in the claim for him. It didn't work out. Then there was another NFC West team. It hasn't been divulged yet. Uh, whether it was Seattle Seahawks or Los Angeles Rams were really interested in bringing Quantrez Knight to their practice squad. But Quantrez Knight elected after much thought to come back to the 49ers. And that's huge because with Quantrez's ability and versatility to play safety and corner, if there's an injury, he's a, a instant impact guy that you can bring up and you know he's going to tackle well and you know he's going to hustle. So he's a lot of fun and I'm hoping that Quantrez Knight uh, isn't ever snatched from the 40-yards practice squad because I'd like to see what he could do. Uh, offensive lineman uh, Corey Luciano, and Luciano pretty much primarily played center. I'm guessing this is the 49ers the would have loved for this to Ben Keith Ishmael, uh, but once Ishmael was claimed, they elected to go with Luciano. We'll see. I think that he could also be one that the 49ers decide to move on from if they have to sign somebody else to the practice squad. So I think Luciano, though, is an offensive lineman as far as depth-wise, and so he's going to be on the roster as well, and he can handle uh, snaps for the scout team. So I think that's good for him and for the 49ers. Wide receiver Tay Martin entering year two on the 49ers practice squad, and Martin's got a lot of potential, and I think he showed a lot of improvement from year one to year two. Uh, so I've been very hyped on what uh, Tay Martin has done. I thought it was going to be tough to make this roster because of just how talented the wide receiver room is. And we just talked about veteran Mike Con uh Yeah, Mike, uh, Chris Conley. I almost called him Mike Conley. Wrong sport. Uh, but Chris Conley at, looked that he was so good. And I think Tay Martin is trying to become that player. So what John Lynch said in the presser is these veterans can help set the tone for who these young players want to be. And I think that's what you're hoping is that these young players can continue to develop and maybe one day you can count on them. So what you have on your practice squad is a mixture of veterans that you're looking to potentially help your football team during the season and young guys that you're trying to develop, be able to step in and make plays when it's their opportunity. So uh, it's nice having Tay Martin. So now you have for sure Chris Conley, the veteran, and then you have wide receiver Tay Martin, two solid wide receiver options, and Tay's just going to continue to get better. The improvement we saw from year one to year two, we can see that same jump from year two to year three. That'd be very nice for the 49ers. Very, very nice. Uh, defensive tackle Ty McGill, or T.Y. McGill. Uh, McGill looked, had a really good game against the Broncos. I thought it was an up-and-down preseason and training camp, but he played pretty good last year in his snaps that he got on the main roster, and they put him on the practice squad and elevated him and put him back down. They kept moving him around. Uh, so T.Y. McGill is going to add depth to this defensive tackle room. I think he is behind Marlon Davidson on the depth chart. So I think Marlon Davidson would be the first guy elevated. But a lot of times what teams do is they'll have a couple of guys like this so they can stagger the elevations and not have to elevate Marlon Davidson every time that comes up. But you could go Marlon Davidson. Next time, T.Y. McGill, and keep these guys on the practice squad and not have to make roster decisions because you're only allowed to bring these guys up a couple of times before you have to make it a roster decision on them. So uh, T.Y. McGill is a solid option for the 49ers, and I like it a lot, especially with Marlon Davidson uh, being ahead of him. Marlon Davidson, to me, is spectacular, and I wonder how much he's going to develop over the next several weeks and when he'll put pressure on the guys in front of him that are on the active roster to maybe get up there. Linebacker Curtis Robinson. And 
Robinson's been with the team now for a while. Played at Stanford. He's a really good special teams player. I thought he played solidly through the preseason. Didn't think it was enough to make the active roster. And with Marcelino McCurry Ball moving on to the New York Jets, having Curtis Robinson back on this roster was very important. You need to make sure you have linebacker depth. He's going to provide that. They kept six linebackers. So it's not like it, it's a, a foregone conclusion that Robinson's going to be able to help during the season. Um, but it was nice to have somebody. Somebody goes down on special teams. You could possibly bring him up. Uh, so to me, Curtis Robinson was a solid option. I'm, I don't know if they'd have preferred Marcelino McCurry ball. I don't know if it was the 49ers decision to go Curtis Robinson over Marcelino McCurry ball, or if it was Marcelino McCurry balls decision to go somewhere else, seeing that, Hey, the 49ers chose two young guys over me at Jalen Graham and D winners. There's not a lot of a future, uh, not a lot of future here at the linebacker position for me. If I want to get on the field and play, if I can go to a similar system and Robert Sala and already know the expectations because Donnie Holland used to coach in that system as well. Maybe that's the case. So was it 49ers? Was it Marcelino McCurry ball? Not sure, but I wish the best for Marcelino McCurry ball. And I'm glad the 49ers at least got a solid linebacker in Curtis Robinson. He's a guy they had on the practice squad last year. In fact, last year he made the 53 man roster initially. So he's somebody they're still high on wide receiver, Willie Sneed and Willie Sneed was important to the 49ers to have on the practice squad. And if you're on the channel for a while, you know, I've been saying, that I expect Willie Sneed to handle return responsibilities uh, during week one at Pittsburgh. Once Ray Ray McLeod was, you know, hurt, uh, the thought process was you had the young cats, you had, you know, Deshaun Jameson, you had Ronnie Bell. And my thought process is the way the 49ers go about the return game, it's going to be all about making you sure you secure the catch. You already have to bring up a wide receiver onto the, from the practice squad on the active roster with the potential uh, missing of Ray Ray McLeod. So if McLeod's not available, it makes sense to bring up Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed can handle his role as a wide receiver, and Willie Sneed can handle his role as a return guy, and he does a really good job. You don't have to worry about him squaring the ball up and catching it. You don't have to worry about him turning it over. And also, when he's in the game on offense, he can block at a high level, and he can consistently uh, make catches on anything he gets his hands on. So Willie Sneed, to me, is a very valuable member of this practice squad, especially early in the season, while you have Danny Gray on the IR and Ray Ray McLeod waiting to come back. Will he be available week one? I think it's doubtful. I think week two, week three is kind of the window where we start hearing Ray Ray could come back. So early on in the season, Sneed handles those roles because I'm not even sure Ronnie Bell is going to be active uh, in the, for the game time. I'm not sure he's going to be playing week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The way the 49ers go about rookie wide receivers, I don't know how integral he'll be in their game plan. I would like to see him play because I think he's got some potential, but I could see the 49ers going the veteran route early and then deciding you know, to work Ronnie Bell in later on. So uh, we'll see, but I definitely think Snead may be very pivotal to the 49ers special teams and return game in weeks one and two of the season while they're waiting for Ray Ray McLeod to come back. Cornerback Trey Swilling. And Swilling had himself a pretty good camp, never really moved past the third-string cornerback position, but he had a good uh, offseason, and I think he's put himself in a position to help on the 49ers practice squad, and you got to have players that understand your system. So this one made sense. Players like Deshaun Jameson move on. It leaves the ability for the 49ers to go with different cornerbacks, and one of those that they decided to go with, Trey Swilling, who's still a young guy, who's got some length to him, 
and showed some potential. He's still a physical tackler, which I know the 49ers like having in their secondary. Offensive lineman Leroy Watson, and this one was huge because I think Watson showed so much development uh, from year one to year two. You're talking about a guy that last year was changing over from playing tight end at the University of Texas San Antonio to playing offensive tackle in the NFL from going at about 270 pounds to now weighing 310 pounds. How that was going to handle or how that was going to make him handle the extra weight. Was he still going to be athletic enough to play within the system, but also learn the techniques? And I got to say, overall, I thought it was a pretty good offseason for Leroy Watson. I thought he developed his kick slide looked smooth. There are still technical things he has to work on. He still has to develop a lot. But I think you're hopeful that year one development from year one to year two will be even better because now he understands the system. He understands what he's supposed to do, and he can really hone in on his craft and get better at his techniques. And anytime you have the physical gifts that he has, you're rooting for a player like this because it could be a eventual replacement for somebody on your active 53-man roster in 2024. So I like Leroy Watson. I like the development uh, way they're going with him. And to me, he makes a lot of sense for this offensive line. Stature, size, speed, athletic ability all fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do and all fits the kind of player that Chris Furser has continued to develop in San Francisco. So Watson, that was a huge get for the 49ers. And now let's see if that development part of their organization can work and develop Leroy Watson into a at least a swing tackle. In, in year in, in next year in 2024, we'll see. Wide receiver Isaiah Winstead. Uh, it went from being a viral sensation on Twitter to being a 49ers wide receiver, and he pushed his way all the way through. I thought he's had some shining moments at training camp. I liked him. He was off to the side. I, I talked about this on one of my training camp report videos. They were throwing the ball away from him. They're throwing it to the other side of the field, but every single play, even when he was on the backside, he was working on his press releases. He was getting off. He was creating separation against the backup cornerbacks like Trey Swilling. And I just thought he always was working hard and looking good. And that's the key, what you have to do. And then you have to prove you can block. He proved his physicality with how big he is as a wide receiver. So I think they see him as a nice developmental piece that they could potentially develop something out of. And I think when you watch the game against the Chargers, he had a couple of big-time plays in that game. And they were very subtle things that he did. Catch the ball, do a stop and start type motion, and get extra yards after the catch that make you get excited. And you have to get excited to be one of these wide receivers on the 49ers uh, wide receiver room because they have a very talented practice squad to go with the guys they already have on the roster. Uh, but they kept you know, three wide receivers, Conley. Oh, four wide receivers, Conley, Sneed, and then the two young guys, Tay Martin and Isaiah Winstead. So... He's one of the young guys they're developing. And in both cases, uh, him and Tay Martin got some ability. So excited about that. Now, the 49ers did add one player that wasn't with them during the preseason, the offseason. Uh, they brought in cornerback Shamar Gene Charles. And he was with the Green Bay Packers. He was a fifth-round pick there out of Appalachian State. And so they bring him in, and John Lynch was asked about it, and he said that he was a guy that had position versatility. He could play inside and out. So this was a nice signing for the 49ers. It gives them a little bit of flexibility. They added another flexible defensive back to their already stacked room uh, because you have five very good ones on your active 53-man roster. 
Then you have on your practice squad, Quantrez Knight. You have Shamar, Shamar Jean Charles. And then you also have a guy on your pup list in Darrell Luter Jr. So the 49ers have some depth. You also have Trey Swilling on the practice squad as well. Boy, a lot of guys that you can use that have a variety of different skills. But I'm waiting and excited to see how Jamar uh, Gene Charles competes at, on the practice squad. I want to hear how he does. Maybe we'll get a little whispers here from the media or whatever because I think he's a guy that has potential and he kind of fits the mold of a 49ers cornerback. So always excited what the 49ers can create because now you have Steve Wilkes there. You have Daniel Bullock, who's done such a good job with a defensive back room. But this is a fifth-round pick, and the 49ers do very well with fifth-round picks. Maybe Shamar Gene Charles can be one of those guys that helps the 49ers roster. So we finally get to the point where the 49ers have their 70 guys on their roster, 53 on the active roster, 17 guys on the practice squad, but they also have some other guys that they've stashed. Cameron Latu, IR, Taylor Hawkins, IR, both of those guys are expected to be redshirted for next year that they were able to hold on to. And then two guys they IR'd after the 53-man roster who can come back this season in Danny Gray and, and um, Robert Beal Jr. And then one guy on the pup list, Darrell Luter Jr. So you see how they went about building this roster, uh, keeping some young guys they didn't want to lose on the IR, whether that was you know releasing Austin Bryant and Kerry Hyder and bringing other guys back. And then, or, and then, I mean, putting those guys on IR and then bringing them back. It was a interesting way. It was the way the 49ers needed to do it to be able to move people around and maneuver roster spots to get all the guys they wanted. Do I think they got everyone they wanted on the practice squad? No, I think if they had the the chance, they would have loved to have kept Deshaun Jameson, and they would have loved to have kept Il Manning on their practice squad. I don't know. Jury's out about uh, Joey Fisher. Jur jury's out about uh, Marcelino McCurry Ball and whether it was their choice or not. But I think the 49ers in a grand scheme would have loved to keep a lot of these guys. Doesn't always work out. 49ers have had nine guys claimed off waiver since 2018. That's fourth best, tied for fourth best in the NFL in that time period. So you have a very talented roster, and when you do, people get poached. And this is what I've been saying since before you know, the, the preseason happened and before training camp happened, that the likelihood of an undrafted free agent making the 49ers roster this year wasn't going to be good just with how talented it was and how many of their draft picks have hit recently. So it didn't end up working out for undrafted free agents. There's still some competing on the practice squad. Maybe one of them will eventually make it. But guys like Jordan Mason, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, Aziz Alshire, uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, give these guys hope that eventually one day they can go from being practice squad to being a pivotal member of the 49ers 53-man roster. So thank you all for listening and watching the episode. I really appreciate it. Like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, give a five-star rating on 49ers Cutback on Believe, available on all audio platforms. And then soon, PSF app uh, for Red and Bold Show with Mark Adams. Looking forward to all that. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.